You're listening to Ants Talk. My next guest is a transgender female who is a media commentator and freelance journalist. Melissa transitioned in 2015 and has worked to raise awareness around how to make the workplace more inclusive for transgender people. Please welcome to the show, Melissa Griffiths. How are you, Melissa? Good, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for coming onto the show. I really appreciate it. That's all right. So tell us, Melissa, tell us about your earlier years. Uh, my earlier years, I grew up in Auckland, uh, across the ditch in, in New Zealand. So yeah. I lived there, grew up there as a child, lived there till I was about 29. Um, I moved over here at that point in time. Uh, like I discovered my feminine side when I was pretty young and playing with the girls when I was 10 years old and then sort of started dressing when I was a teenager and adult, but didn't explore it as much, tried to bury it a lot over there and something I didn't understand. And obviously that was a long time ago, I'm 49 now, so there's no uh, sort of internet in those days to sort of uh, understand what's going on in your mind and the way you're feeling. So mm. unlike uh, current kids are obviously more self-aware and obviously got the luxury of something that's more aware being brought up in the generation of internet and obviously psychologists are aware of it and gps but back then back in the 70s 80s wouldn't even know what transgender wouldn't even been heard of in new zealand yeah i can understand yeah because i mean even when i was younger i mean i i probably i came out when i would think i was like 15, 16, and then started going to gay clubs in Brisbane and then, of course, met transgender people. Um, and the lives they had were just so hard because majority of them wouldn't get a job in a normal arena, so they'd have to go and work on the street to make money. They, they were being harassed by police, they were harassed on the streets. So it was a really hard life for most of my friends at that stage. And, I mean, this was only mm. 80s then. So it's really changed in the last, say, 20 years dramatically for us. Yeah, yeah. So, um, when, so when you transitioned, so this was in 2015, what, what sort of, where was the point that you went, right, I'm, I'm just going to do it? Well, probably I was living part-time in Melbourne for a long time, but it was around 2014, I sort of um, went back home seeing my dad dying sick, so um, sort of made me realise life's short. My cousin was sick as well, so I hadn't seen for a long time. So I sort of made that decision after thinking about it for a while that to start transitioning the following year. So I just went through with that, told work and stuck to my plan. I know others wanted it done quickly, but it's a process, as you know, to go to get on hormones, see the psychiatrist, um, see yeah. the GP, go through it properly to get on hormones and get Actually, approval. Can you even describe that a little bit, clarify it a little bit more, just for listeners who may not have any idea about the basic steps that you've got to go through? Well, if you're working, then you've, um, if you're lucky enough, your employer will support you. A lot of trans people, the employer won't support them, so they'll lose their jobs or have to leave their jobs. So the process involves, it. You know, initially I saw a counsellor who referred me to the psychiatrist, I told my GP. Uh, then there's a process of... Um, starting hair removal, doing some of that, and then at the same time getting approval to go on hormones, so going to do the tests for the psychiatrist um, and have talk to him, have sessions with him, and then going to see a GP that specialises in hormones um, that he referred you to, to go see them and start on the hormones. So it's quite an involved process. 
Mm. And then after that, you're sort of re rebuilding your wardrobe for corporate wear and then going to work full-time, uh, starting come to work full-time, uh, changing your legal documents, taking time off work for that, five weeks, change your documents, get your passport done first, and then your driver's licence. Uh, get Change your name certificate, that's the first thing, and then passport, then driver's licence. And then, you know, obviously, in the interim, whilst you're waiting for things to be processed, you change your name with the bank, then you have to go back to your bank or banks and change your gender once you've got a passport, then go to Medicare. So, wow. <laughs> what an ordeal. Um, so, I, I know because I just got married last year and I never realized that when, like, say, say if I wanted to take on my partner's name, then I could have gone to all of those different places that you've just mentioned. But I would yeah. get that for free because I was changing my name just to my married name. Is that? Do you still get it for free, or is it something you've you've then got to? I I pay. You have to pay to change your name. Even though I'm not born here, luckily I could get my name changed because I'm an yeah. Australian citizen. So I could get it changed, uh, but it did cost like 130 or whatever dollars or whatever it did get done in three days, mm. get done quickly, and then then you can obviously get your photo done and then. Uh, passport and then you, you know, get your driver's license and then you can start changing stuff and you know your subscriptions or ambulance yeah. stuff and like yeah so financially it's a huge outlay isn't it because it's not just all of that that you're doing it's also clothing a whole new wardrobe so uh, many things yeah so it's 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 quite a journey and now then once you've lived for a while you want to go down the surgery path well that's another involved process in itself and different mm. quotes <laughs> You know, I can talk to a few of the girls, and every girl's different. I'll trans girl, I'll do it. some of the surgery here, some overseas. It's sort of not like there's one clear path to go. So it's, you know, spending that money you may not necessarily have to go visit people and, you know, a few more appointments next month and yeah. see different surgeons and then figure out um, who's the best and then whether they'll fill out the super form for you or not so you can get money out of super to pay for it because it's not covered by Medicare. So, yeah, it's all that process. So it's, and then, you know, I've already got a few super forms done, but if they expire, they only last for six months and you have to get them redone. So, yeah. Mm. I figure it'll probably be, yeah, at least one to two months before I can sort of uh, make a super, yeah, get, put the forms into super and maybe even longer and then sort of go through the process, getting money out of super and then start planning what I'm doing first. So yeah. it's sort of a very involved process. Yeah, it sounds like it. Now, you've also racked up some awards with being a finalist in the 2019 Australian LGBTI Awards, the 2018 Women's Agenda Leadership Awards, and the 2017 Victorian GLBTI Person of the Year. What mm. gives you such drive? I think going through the experiences you go through on a daily basis, there's still a lot of... Uh, Lack of understanding, especially older trans. Um, you know, if you transition when you're a kid or younger, it's far easier to be more feminized than when you're older. So, yeah. And so people just yell, yell out at you in the supermarket. And, you know, even this year, I still have it despite the you know, same sex marriage stuff. It's still around trans stuff. A lot of people just don't get it or understand it. You know, it's yeah. a man in the dream sort of thing or you know, what's a woman with a dick doing in the toilet sort of attitude and yeah 
It's crazy. And I think that's the thing is that majority of people out there just don't realize that just because somebody has decided that's the route they want to go to, they're not just going to click their fingers and look like a fully fledged female tomorrow. It is going to take steps. That's correct. Yeah, not everyone's got the money that Caitlyn Jenner's got. You know, yeah. sort of trans battle depression and go through a rough time. And what What is your? I'd like to hear your opinion on Caitlyn actually. And what, well, I think she's she's raised a lot, raised a lot of awareness. I know there's been some criticism of her that you know, she looks like a radicalized, radicalized, radicalized uh, or something. There's some criticism of her, but. Regardless, she's raised awareness of trans stuff, so that's only can only be a good thing. Like, I watched the Caitlyn Jenner show and thought that was interesting, getting some insights into her and other trans people. So, yeah, whether you like her or don't like her, at least she has done some good in that way. So That's right. That's completely right. Um, and <laughs> what are your goals and aims for the future? Well, I think short term, just concentrate on the process on surgery. I've you know, done as much speaking as I used to, but that'll change later on. Been doing some, did a lot of writing last year, which is really good for the soul and good for me personally. And mm. uh, just concentrating on me for a change, you know, and just valuing myself more. I think I've learned that don't do everything for free, you know, because otherwise people just expect it all the time. So yeah, done a bit. Done a bit of consulting for a few corp- corporate. So I'm trans stuff. And That's so funny enough. that you mentioned that actually, because I've, I've just finished with another interviewer um, and she works now as a psychologist for people within the entertainment industry. And we were just actually talking about how so often, I mean, I work as a makeup artist and so often people in the creative fields are called upon to use our skills for free or very little money. Um, yeah, and how how I'd love to see that change, and for us to be respected for what we do, and, and for people to that's want right. to, yeah, because yeah, I mean, even me as a makeup artist, it costs me sixty five dollars to do just a face before I've even started, and that's just in makeup. Yeah, so yeah that's right. Definitely doesn't come for free. <laughs> <laughs> so learning to do that when you're a minority, you're right. It's hard, but you go well. It's one less of being on the speaker, but it's just too bad. Yeah. yeah. It's funny because um, I know that in Sydney they've got the um, Positive Speakers Bureau, which is for people with HIV that can go out and speak to yeah. schools and, 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 and groups of mm. people and educate them on HIV and AIDS. Is there something similar for transgender people? Oh, yeah. Look, I know transgender Victoria, I think they charge when they go out and, like, really there's no sort of, yeah, nothing really out there. Like I know one of the speakers bureaus I'm with keynote worthy. Um, they're having a few events, but once again, if you speak there, it's free, which is fine. But I mean, once again, I'm doing a panel, which is fine. It's free again, but like I said, it's once again, you're doing it for nothing. Yeah. Uh, it's fine to do because you need to get the experience speaking, but it's also with everything else going on in my life at the moment, you've got to pace yourself and got to value yourself. So, mm. I was asked to speak in Perth one time and they only wanted to give me $200 there and back. So no thanks. It's more expensive. (laughs) That's one expensive place to fly into. I've been there twice. I know. (laughs) So you're right. Like, as you say, like people just don't value us. Yeah, definitely. 
This is Ants Talk. So what has been the hardest part of transitioning, would you say? I think you lose some of your friends, uh, some of your family don't quite understand, may not understand it. Um, people drop off or um, people judge you more. And yeah, just expectations of living as a female different to that of living as a male. So it's quite interesting. And mm. What would reaction- you, sorry, continue. Yeah, people's reactions to you. So Yeah. What is the biggest, so do you think that you are exactly the same person as before or do you think you have changed? I think I've changed. I'm a lot more confident. Like, um, you know, I think once you transition, there's a whole lot of things you just sort of work on yourself and that's an ongoing process. I think I don't think that ever really quite ends and mm. you self-reflect sometimes and little things you can do to improve yourself and, have you got any idea of the numbers of people that um, are, are transgender in Australia? It'd be no, no, nice. Yeah, it'd be great, but there's no, never any stats been kept on it. So it's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah, no, we've never Australia's never kept any stats on it. I did inquire about it a year or two ago. There's just no, no stats being kept. Wow, I, they don't I find that absolutely stuff. fascinating. Because I no mean, I know, matter. I know myself. I mean, I there are so many. <laughs> yeah, there are, there's a lot, and it's just like no stats have ever been. It's never been on the census a question. Nothing in the past. So. Yeah. Now I also know that you've done a little bit of acting, and you're now embarking on a modelling career. You're about to be a trans model in a bridal shoot. So tell us more about that. Well, actually, they did the bridal shoot yesterday. But, oh, fantastic. Um, I couldn't find my bridegroom, so he ended up, there was another couple to the um, bridal stuff, and he just did some shots of me in uh, a few different dresses and did down at Stevenson's Fall, so um, the Neil Torbury photos. So he did some, uh, some shots of me in a few different dresses, headshots, and did some stuff in the waterfall on my bikini, and they all thought I was... Uh, Amazon woman, the way I went across the log <laughs> near the waterfall. To get I love it. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. So, yeah, and did some shots on the rock. So, um, yeah, the water was a bit cold, but it's all right. That's brilliant. I think that's fantastic. So, it's just, I think it's just more a confidence thing. Doing things like that helps with your self confidence. Yeah. As a girl, and it's about doing something fun. And it, didn't really eat that day, but it didn't matter. By the end of the day, I was really exhausted. But it was just, um, you know, thinking about body posture and realising you know, some parts of my body are a bit tight and might need a massage. But uh, learning to, you know, be in front of the camera, smile more and, you know, mm. different postures. It's really, in itself, is really quite a good experience, regardless, even just doing some sort of modelling. Oh, definitely. I actually, I do a lot of work with um, a modelling agency here in Adelaide and Mm. I often say that I actually believe that it's something that every child should go and do. I think it really does bring confidence and awareness Mm. of yourself and as you just mentioned, when you do get photos done, you really can see how you hold yourself, how you carry yourself, things that Mm. you might need to change or alter or work on a little bit. But it really yeah. does make you much more aware about how you, how you utilise your body. Yeah, that's right. I think just doing that and doing that for fun as well, but also 
because you're enjoying it, you don't really care about the time and just being in nature as well was good. Being away yeah, from the city. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Now, I also know that we're actually on Channel 10's Studio 10 and had a chat to them. What was that about? Uh, it was about Hannah Mouncey. So when she was going to be on the AFL throughout Women's League, the draft, and they were sort of, Everything seemed to be going fine up to the day beforehand. Then the, on the day, this sort of dropped like a bombshell and said she wouldn't be allowed to participate in the draft. Mm. Now I sort of went on and said, oh, well, it wasn't very clear at the time why. Like, I think the AFL have lot of, learned a lot through that process, but perhaps didn't handle it very well. But in terms of got to be more transparent as to exactly why not allowing her to play and at the time it, it wasn't no since then they've done it obviously improved a lot but it's going to be a journey in sports for people to part trans people to participate in sports and yeah the AFL. what's your feeling personal feeling on it do you think that they should be allowed to play in the school. I think like they've got a they've got the guidelines in place now, and if they work in those frameworks, then I think you know they should be allowed to play. Obviously, it's just also a bit of common sense as well. And like I helped Cricket Australia with their trans policy and gender diverse policy, so people like Erica James could play. Um, like she was involved in the process as well. But it's like you know just common sense and the community level is different to, you know, obviously competition level. So, yeah. I mean, some of the vitriol I read around that on social media was absolutely disgusting. Um, yeah. And I think that, you know, we've got to remember that all the way through sport and through history of sport, you, even on one team, you're always going to have someone that's smaller framed, a little bit weaker mm. compared to the big, strong muscular mm. type of, you know, male or female. Um, yeah. So really, I think that we've just got to remember that we are all different. There's going to sometimes be people that can fit into doing the sport and maybe not be your picture-perfect person mm. that you would choose, mm. but they're quite able and willing to be there and have earned that spot. Yeah, definitely. So what are your hopes for transgender people in the future? Well, hopefully we won't be having these conversations in 10, 20 years' time that transgender people still get abused in the street and struggle to get work and jobs. I fear it will take another 10, 20 years before society even begins to understand us or accept us. Uh, I think there's still a lot of fear out there and obviously uh, in the current economic environment, things are, people are worried about their jobs as well, so mm. everyone's got a lot on their, on their place at the moment. And, with the bushfires recently, obviously people have been affected by that. So I think hopefully 10, 20 years' time, more people will be more, at least more understanding, accepting, and probably when you have to put up as, with as much from people or even younger people who don't, don't want to accept it because of yeah. their values. Yeah. Beliefs. So have you been for job interviews and stuff since you've transitioned? Oh, I was lucky I didn't have to go through that, but I, I did go for got a board role with Elder Rights Advocacy Victoria. I went for an interview for that. So that was that was quite nice, actually. But that was the sort of first interview I've been for as an outside work as a trans person. So that was interesting to go through that yeah. process. But, you know, obviously, they wanted me to join the board. But 
a lot of trans people yeah, start to get interviews or uh, oh, I know. have to put up with um, interesting comments and things. Yeah. I mean, some of my friends have been very lucky. One of them works at the airport um, with customer service stuff there. I've got another friend that actually works as the head wig designer for a lot of the shows at Tour Australia. Um, I think in the creative industries, there is a lot more acceptance for all types of people. Um, Oh, there is. Yeah, but unfortunately, everyday sort of businesses really have a lot to learn and that's where people like yourself who will are willing to go out there and educate and open people's mm. eyes a little bit more are so important today really yeah really yeah, important. Right, yeah 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 and i mean having tracy spicer as a mentor helped me learn to pace myself and learn to say yes to things and no to things even when i speak at a bit no i'm not going to do it because i look after myself and just to think of everything else that's going on in the life so mm. no exactly what would you like people who don't understand transgender people to know? Uh, that we're still human beings like, like, like you are and that um, we still have feelings and emotions and that it's a big journey. It's not something we necessarily um, just wake up one day, oh, I'm going to become a girl sort of thing. It's, no, it's um, something, and for older trans, it may be because of work commitments or things that they can't do it till later in life. So making people in, be a bit more empathetic towards people's personal circumstances. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if people, Melissa, wanted to contact or get you to, to speak at one of their events, <laughs> so you mentioned one of the um, speakers bureau you're with at the moment. Could you actually just tell us about them again? Well, um, I've signed up with, well, on Victoria Women's Trust website um, and with the dialogue. Now, Speakers Bureau, which is overseas uh, in Dubai, and also with Keynote Worthy Speakers Bureau here, or people just can contact me through my website. What's it's your website? www.melissa.griffiths.com.au. So reach out to me through that. Fantastic. Or just email me. So, and listeners, I think that that's the thing, as we just mentioned and we just touched on, is educating and and becoming more aware about not just transgender people, but many, many differences in humanity that are out there, that it's only going to enrich your own life and and your own existence. And it's so important to get to know people purely just for themselves. Mm. Really, who cares what they look like or what you perceive them as? Yeah, definitely. Well, Melissa, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate the chat. And um, hopefully we'll speak soon. Yep, speak soon. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye. Ants Talk. It's like Oprah, but not.